Well, Rock Me Mama Like a Wagon Wheel is the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse, and we got a fun one for you this week. I still hear that song on the radio, like, a lot. Wagon Wheel by uh, uh, Darius Rucker, his version. Like, I know he had another one, but, like, it doesn't get played nearly as much that, uh, this is my mob bad comeback song. At least I think that's him. I think that's the only one I've heard, and I barely heard it on the radio. The only reason I knew about it is because I heard Lindsay Ellis sing it. Which one, Wagon Wheel or? Yeah, Wagon Wheel. Wagon Wheel gets a lot of play around here. See, I'm just not listening to the right radio stations. That's what it is. Or maybe you're making all the right choices. Who knows? With me, the first version I ever heard was by a band called uh, Old Crow Medicine Show. What are they from, like 1901? Like, good lord. (laughs) For the Wild West? (laughs) (laughs) It's all part of the the, the bluegrass aesthetic. Yeah, and do they sell medicine on the side as well? Snake oil, yeah. They'll play you a tune and sell you a tonic for your hair. I, I know we just wanted to get into the reviews, but real quick, did you ever see the video for Say, Say, Say by uh, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> where they're where, like... I wasn't expecting you to bring this up. Where they're like in a traveling stagecoach. Oh, yeah. Say, I, I say, that song. say. What you want? They had the, uh, you do one for me and I'll pay you back. Oh, that's right. The gosh darn girl is mine. Even, like, amongst our family that were, like, super huge Michael Jackson fans, like, that song with Paul McCartney was kind of like the one we, yeah, we didn't really play that much. (laughs) It's the wackest song off the album. And I remember watching VH1 Classics and seeing that music video, like, uh, with, you know, like, because I didn't know about the Say, Say, Say song. I didn't know anything about it when I, when I first saw this video when I was a kid. Mm. And so I'm watching it and I see, like, Paul McCartney featuring Michael Jackson. What the hell? Michael Jackson doesn't do features, you know? (laughs) And then it was like, I saw that it was for this song and I was just like, this wasn't even worth it. <laughs> no, it's really not. Uh, say, 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 I think might be the better of the two because the girl is mine has that really cringy part at the end where, uh, where they're like yeah. arguing. Oh, uh, she's my forever lover, you know? I told you, Paul, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Oh, stop it. <laughs> so cringy. Do, do you guys know how humans interact with each other? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot uh, all about the She said she's my forever lover <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry Like isn't the point of this song That you guys are both trying to get With this girl but she's With both of you and did not tell. Like shouldn't you be just a, just a little bit angry about this <laughs> You know Yeah no I, I think they're both taking it rather well <laughs> and it's like oh, well, You seem to have uh, Dipped your penis where I've dipped mine <laughs> what, what a kerfuffle <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, You got your peanut butter and my chocolate You got your chocolate and my <laughs> peanut butter And uh, say 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 for those who haven't seen it It's like an old timey music video Where Michael Jackson, Paul McCartney And his wife Linda McCartney Are like in a traveling stagecoach uh, Doing like Like circus performances And also like selling tonic and paul is like selling the tonic and michael's like like he's in on it in the audience he's like hey you boy drink this and he's like oh it made me stronger and fucking selling tonic and shit i i don't know whose idea was that it doesn't really fit either of their aesthetics like paul like it just paul (laughs) mccartney is always like this old school like he should have been writing songs in the 20s and shit type of vibe you know there was a song i forget which one it was but it was in the later days of the beatles and john lennon called it uh more of paul's granny shit yeah i think it was what was the your mother should know 
It was either no, she, no. Was it was like, either that or Martha, my dear. Like, come yeah. on, dude. They all sound like yeah, you're right. Like, like they should all be played on fucking Victrolas. And the voice should be, you know, uh, Martha, my dear. You know, like it's super tinny. Fucking old brother, art thou ass? We hear that you pay good money to sing into a can. Recording a song in a wax cylinder ass. That, that's what those fucking things are called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all that aside, uh, this week on the show, we've got two Patreon-requested album reviews for that ass. We got one from my page and one for Darren's page. And this week, because we like to go in chronological order, we're going to go with the one that is a year older. And that's the request on Darren's page. What you got for us this week? Thank you very much, Andrew Outwater, for your request. And he requested Wheeler Walker Jr.'s redneck shit. And bro, this shit, oh my god. When that first song catches you off guard with exactly what it's trying to do, I was like, oh, oh my, Dude, we're going to have some fun tonight. I, and, and you know what it is? It's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to look at the track list because I don't even want to ruin any of the jokes that yeah. are coming. So basically, this is like a country Weird Al slash Eminem type album where he's just like going balls to the wall with this crazy ass like playing off of all the redneck humor stereotypes you know the the fucking your cousin the you know the trailer truck and all that shit but it's like he does it to such a strange degree that it wraps back around and you can't help but laugh and i and i really enjoyed that like it never felt like it was just dumping on the South, it, it felt like it was just like we were laughing with him, not at him, you know? Wheeler Walker Jr., for those of you who might be thinking to yourself that that name sounds vaguely familiar, but you're not sure, you can't quite place it. Uh, there was a news story about a year or two ago where Wheeler Walker Jr. caught a lot of attention because he went on Twitter and basically called out uh, a lot of folks in mainstream country for ripping off black culture and using like rap shit in their songs but not working with black artists and shit and he was like he's like i don't even try for that shit like i'm not ripping off anyone's thing like i'm doing my own thing but y'all over there acting like you're cool with it but you don't work with any black people or whatever like that's exactly my point because i'll listen to country sometimes you know what i mean like i like listening to the country radio and you know i enjoy when country artists sound like country music you know but and it's not that I don't appreciate crossovers, but whenever they do, it always sounds like weak as water. It always sounds like they don't actually care. It always sounds like this really cheap version of hip hop. Like, I feel like there's a, you can mix country and hip hop and it can work, but these guys are obviously not doing it. And when he said that shit on Twitter, and I think it might've been someone else. Somebody said Steve Earl also called it out because he was the one who said it's like hip hop for white people or something like that. And I was like, oh shit. Now, now Wheeler Walker called it out on Twitter, but Steve Earl called it out. It was like in like an article I saw. Yeah, so there's a couple of country artists that like they they, they know what's going on. <laughs> Man, if we're just gonna get right into it, I thought like, wow, okay, cool, redneck shit, and I thought that was pretty dope. I thought it was fun, but man, like. His one note joke shit for me kind of ran its course like oh you weren't feeling it not for that long man and it's only a half hour but like he's got like three things and it just cycles through them and it's like man like you could write songs about a lot of shit but it's just like tits and blowjobs for the whole half hour it's like all right I i'll put it to you like this redneck shit was a good introduction 
Mm. Beer, weed, and, and cooches. <laughs> that one was like that. That one was the cool, like sort of second joint. Then when he did Family Tree, the lyrics to Family Tree just like blew the shit out of the water because it was just like you know as you're listening to it, like yeah, he's being ridiculous. But then as you listen, it's like. But he's actually writing a pretty good country song. You know, like it actually rocks. He can actually sing. But then you get to the chorus and, yo, it's all about just fucking different members of your family. <laughs> and whereas you could say the, the the first two songs are sort of like, you know, going after the topic in general of just redneck shit. I like the songs where he gets really specific. So like this one is the definitive I'm fucking your relatives anthem. And like the chorus goes, because if I had my druthers, I'd butt fuck both your brothers. Then I'd grab your sister, take her out back and fist her, go down on your mama, start a whole lot of drama. <laughs> Something about the complete predictableness of him saying going down on your mama and start a whole lot of drama. <laughs> And just like, but it's like, I know it's a lame rhyme, but it's just the fact that you're like, I mean, yes, that would start a lot of drama though. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually going to comment on, unfortunately, that is kind of like a thing where a lot of the rhymes are predictable, but this isn't a rap album. So, you know, that that's not exactly, you're not coming here for the fucking clever rhymes. You're coming here for, you know, the lyrics and the music and whatever. Yeah, the shock value of, like, what he's going to say. And that's what it was. Like, only listen through to it once. That's all you need to do. But you just got to have the experience of just how ridiculous and how crazy each song keeps getting. I feel like I enjoyed this album a lot more than you because when I got to certain songs that did sort of feel like this isn't really as funny but the vibe of it is so like forward and honest and just in your face that I still was enjoying it. Like, can't fuck you off my mind. Fuck you, bitch. And uh, I think it was fighting, fucking and farting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like th these three songs, they're not really they don't really have a great topic and they're not really that funny. And it was, oh, and it was a uh, sit on my face as well. Th those are the four songs where it's like they're not as strong, but it's just like if you are in that sentiment, you know, like if you're like feeling that mood, then it completely works because of how bluntly honest it is. Like, can't fuck you off my mind. How many love songs are like, uh, you know, you know, I tried to, you know, go out and be and have a good time, but I can only miss you. And it's like they're always using these, you know, metaphors for how they're going out and having sex with the kid to say. And it's just like, I'm fucking these different people and it's not working. <laughs> Like, I just love how blatant it is. And then, fuck you, bitch, where it was just like, you know, you say we're done. You packed up your stuff. It's really over. And, you know, the verse is like really like, oh, it's going to be this like heartfelt direct song. And there's just... No, it's not. It's fuck you, bitch. Broke my heart. Fuck you. To, fuck your dog. I hope he doesn't come home. To fuck, I hope you lined up alone, bitch. <laughs> like, it's just, it just, it starts off sounding like it's about to go be sincere and then just jumps the other way so starkly that I just couldn't help but chuckle. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, I, I thought some songs are obviously better than others, too. I'm in the same boat with you on that. Like, can't fuck you off my mind works. It's definitely a one-note joke. I got the vibe of a cassette you would find mm. on sale at a gas station convenience <laughs> store. Like, hey, th this is something for the truckers to pop in the radio and have a few laughs. Like, if this was like four or five songs, I'd be like, yeah, but it's like, 
man, you're, you're repeating a lot of the same, like, material. However, a song you didn't mention was probably my favorite on uh, on the album, Eatin' Pussy Kicking Ass. I love it. I love it. Okay, n- track number seven. I almost don't want to tell the names of these songs because, like, I, I want people to experience it like I did. You know, no, because if you see the tracks, the joke's already kind of given away. Well, see, the, the thing with Eatin' Pussy Kicking Ass is there is a punchline that, that is yes, a surprise. It, that is the one that's different. Yeah. <laughs> Better Off Beaten Off was a little too simple. Yeah, I agree. Again, that was one where I didn't know the name of the song. So when I like got that, it was like better off beaten off. I was like, oh, I get what's happening here. But like, if I had looked at the song title, like you know, it wouldn't have worked. That's why I kind of hate that I'm telling you the song titles right now. But <laughs> but uh, you know, t- take a couple of days and then go listen to this album again. Okay, just <laughs> do it like that. But um, my faves were uh, Family Tree. Eating pussy, kicking ass, and uh, the 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 last track because I felt like those uh, those made the songs uh, made the topics that he's doing a lot more like big and over the top to the point where like it's just like you have to enjoy how ridiculous it is, you know. I actually agree with those picks. Um, those would probably be my favorite ones too. Also, throw some honorable mentions to redneck shit and beer weed cooches. Which I, I don't know, man. Like I've never seen it spelled out like that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. I was like, wait, is this something I don't know what that is? <laughs> and it's not like he's going for a fucking you know PG song list here. Yeah, you know what I wrote down? I was like, if, if uh, Trevor from GTA had his own radio station, this is what this this is what oh, his music would sound okay. like, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you really like uh, GTA Five, how about that? This album is for you. Like, doesn't this sound like this would be on the uh, country radio station? You know what I mean? I got to shout out "Drop Him Out" though. I almost forgot that song is like rivaled with Areolas uh, by Tech Nine as like my oh, favorite yeah. fucking song about tits. <laughs> Like, it was just so, like, just, like, down home, just, that that was the honky-tonk joint where you just stomp your foot as, you know what I'm saying, for the dance. And, like, there was a little music video for it, you know, a little cheap, like, animated video that looked like it was uh, made during the the, the height of Newgrounds. Because doesn't that, it, doesn't that just sound like what this music is? And, like... You know, they're playing the music, and it was really funny because, like, it flashed to, like, the drummer in the background, and he looked, like, the most enthusiastic. He was just like, yeah! I want to see them ditties! <laughs> I, I gotta say, my favorite my favorite part of the album is where I kind of got self-aware on uh, eating Pussy Kicking Ass when you hear, like, someone in the band, like, don't put my name on this! Oh, yeah! <laughs> They would do little things at the end where it would just be like, huh? Well, you guys are still with me, right? That Was that too far? <laughs> I liked that. I thought that was funny. You know what else is uh, is interesting? I didn't listen to it, but for a couple of his albums, uh, he actually has Spotify commentary tracks for the album. I saw that and I was like, ah, I don't know if I should check that out. What, what could you possibly say? <laughs> it would be funny if he was like dead serious. He was like... <laughs> This is the type of humor that, you know, I was using to get through my uh, second divorce. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I got, like, a only slightly better than, and I think you might be able to relate because you lived in the South with me, but, like, Morning Zoo Crew 
in the south yeah, they have definitely. Uh, when they have the comedian musician in and he does a funny song like these are a little better than that but but only because like they're better musically like yeah. on like the fucking band is on point they are and, tight and fucking wheeler does have a really good voice so it kind of adds to the it adds to the humor because it sounds like it could be legit. I think that's what it really like. I think that's what makes a really good parody song is the fact that like the song actually does sound really good. Whenever you hear a super cheap sounding parody, it's like, well, that's not fun. You didn't try, you know? Yeah, but you know, there actually was a lot of effort uh, put into this, and 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 it's uh, it's fun. I will say for me, the joke ran its course, um, but I never got bored, so that's a plus. I probably wouldn't listen to it again, though, like you had said. Um, I only gave it the one playthrough, and I was like, I'm good. Because by that point, all the fucking jokes are spoiled for you. Yeah, like, I- I'm totally going to surprise uh, so- some of my station head viewers with the... <laughs> that really is it, isn't it? It's like, it's the fucking put it on in the car and see who fucking, see who looks up from their phone. You exactly. know? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Though it isn't expecting it. I'd give it a four out of five. I, I enjoyed it. Wow, damn. I, I'm thinking maybe like two and a half to three. Oh, like, man, no love? Eh, not that much. I mean, it, 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 it's what it is. I wasn't in love with it, but, you know, it, it was fun. If you want to just hear, like, if you're that type of, you know, man, I, I sure wish I could hear some more uh, uh, Jack Black and Adam Sandler music, but country, you know, like, here you go. You know what I mean? Speaking of Jack Black. Dude, that did you see that? That made me laugh so fucking hard. By the way, first of all, the fucking <laughs> Blackjack music video from Amine. I feel like such an idiot. For the longest time, Like I was watching the video. I saw it was called Blackjack. I was like, huh, Blackjack? I don't get it. And then I saw School of Rap, and then I'm just watching. I was like, oh, School of Rap. I don't know. It's still then, going over your head. It wasn't until he literally said, who doesn't love Jack Black? <laughs> like, And then like, it wasn't like just one line. It was just like, that's why I love Jack Black. Wait, who doesn't love Jack Black? Oh, come on. Everybody loves Jack Black. <laughs> It was just like it wasn't even a line of the song. Like he just stopped the song just to be like, "Wait, we all love Jack Black, right? Like, who the fuck doesn't like him?" And then Jack Black fucking responds on Instagram. I was like, "Oh shit!" School of rap. That is beautiful. I need to see this movie, dude. I was touched. Seriously, Blackjack. School of rap. Let's do this. And I love how he's like Amine. Oh. And uh, Amine responded, and he goes, I only allow someone to mispronounce my name if they make me smile at the same time. (laughs) Jack Black gets a pass. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I remember when I was a kid, and he, you know, in the movie School of Rock, there's a scene where, like, you know, know, I'm watching the movie. I'm like, I love Jack Black. You know, School of Rock is a cool idea. But I'm like, you know, what about hip-hop, you know? And I remember there was, like, a line that felt a little snippy when he was just like, uh, what about P. Diddy? Some some kid brought up P. P. Diddy, and he was just like, Ah, no, that's whack. And I was just like, wait, does he think hip hop is whack or does he just think P. Diddy's whack? Because, I mean, I'm fine with you thinking P. Diddy's whack, but, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's when we try to get Jack Black on the podcast, and that's the one question we have him clarify. Okay, for the record, is it all hip hop or just P. Diddy? Because we're about to have a problem, and I, I don't want to have this moment. 
<laughs> nah, I don't want to have to cancel cool. Jack Black over hating hip hop. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! He, oh no! He's Gene Sim. Uh, who's the fucking dude from Kiss? Oh Gene- yeah, Gene Simmons <laughs> rocks dead. <laughs> we caught Jack Black on Instagram. Uh, him and his son were in the car. And they went live on Instagram, but it was when Jack Black was driving and his son was trying to do it. And he was just like, are we live right now? And his son's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, wow, this is is the first time on Insta. This is our first live. And he's like, I I can't really do this, though, because I'm driving and and I, I, I can't pay attention. And his son's like, you could tell he's really excited and he wants to do it. He's like, no, it's okay. I'll hold it. He's like, no, no, no. So I was like, all right, I guess that's it. Bye. And they were Aww, live. Jack Black being a responsible adult. <laughs> they were live for like a minute and a half. And he's like, wow, f- great first Instagram live show. But you know what? That, that, that shows how, how he's like, you got to pay attention to the road when you're driving, you know? Jack Black is setting a fine example. I think the internet, the people are due for a Jack Black resurgence. Where'd he even go anyway? You know, I, Nowhere. He's one That's of those the thing. Guys. He's always been around. No, but dude, I feel like like when I saw him in the um, Gorillaz video, I remember having the moment of like, yeah, why don't I see Jack Black everywhere? <laughs> you know? There was a time where, yeah, you couldn't fucking turn around without bumping into something Jack Black related. And yeah, the, it just kind of came and went. But I think Tenacious D have like a new album coming out. They have like a uh, YouTube uh, web cartoon series. They're doing some things like they're not like super in your face about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think I think they're comfortable uh, in their little corner of the world. You know, did the greatest song of the world was that an actual like clip on their show or was it a music video that actually played on MTV? I always get it confused. That was a music video. I remember seeing that on MTV back in the day with fucking okay. uh, Dave Grohl as yeah, the devil. and then I think Ben Stiller's at like the very beginning. Yeah, he's in like a cameo. like those really like walk on cameos, you know. Dude, another really small aside. I fucking heard the song uh, Somebody to Love by uh, Jefferson Airplane earlier this uh-huh. week. And I thought to myself. Thought about Cable Guy. <laughs> I wonder what percentage of people hear that song and <laughs> immediately think about Cable Guy. Because that's exactly where oh, my no. mind goes. <laughs> and it's like, I know that's kind of the joke that Cable Guy was like a shitty movie, but. I think I may have seen that movie more than most Jim Carrey movies. Yo, I feel like I I feel odd about that because, yeah, that does feel like one of those movies that like I didn't watch as much, but somehow it like was one of the most memorable. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's something about that movie that sticks with you. <laughs> the scene with Jack Black playing basketball and smashing the backboard. Oh, yeah. Jack Black. <laughs> And there was that weird side story that every so often the movie was checking in on this, like, murder trial. And Ben Stiller was, like, on trial for murder. But, like, he was playing a character. And the whole movie was leading up to his verdict. And that's when the cable guy, like, disrupts the feed. And no one finds out. And everyone just picks up books and starts reading. 
<laughs> a lot of that movie really stuck with me, and I don't know. I guess it's just because it got played on TV a lot, probably because it of the did. licensing. I think it pl- got played on Comedy Central a lot because I think it was it was one of the Jim Carrey comedies where you could go, "Hey, look, uh, Jim Carrey movie," but like you know, not one of the ones that we have to pay more for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and you could also have it in the commercials being like Jack Black, Ben Stiller, even though they're only in it for like a minute. <laughs> You know they would totally do that shit. The old bait and switch. Oh my god, I got so mad. I remember one time, I know we're going on another tangent. Uh, The Going Off podcast does it again. I I was just talking to someone about like movies where they'll have a famous actor for only one scene and Mm. like they bank the movie on that. And dude, I used to get swindled during the blockbuster era, bro. Where I I remember there was this one movie, and you know, I, I loved Friday, and you know, you love all the characters in the movie, and I always felt like, you know, uh, tiny Zeus Lister, I always felt like he wasn't in enough movies, you know? I feel like he was kind of underutilized as a character, you know? Yeah. And, like, I saw that there was this one movie with him in it, and I was like, oh, snap, I want to see it. I don't even know what it is, but, you know, it's a black film, yeah, it's black cinema, whatever, yeah, check it out. And he was in, like, the scene at the very beginning. Like, it was just like, I'm busting through the windows, and I'm the angry black guy. And then it was like, all right, all right, well, I'm gone now. And then... <laughs> He just says that. I'm gone now. And then it was just like after that two minutes, I really had that moment of just like, I have no reason to watch this anymore. You said out loud, he's not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) He's really gone. But the funny thing was, if you looked at the poster, like his name is prominently on it as if he was like going to be a bigger part of the movie. You know what I mean? He's not even that big of a star. Why would you have his name? Because that's all they could probably get. (laughs) Oh my God. Have you ever seen No Holds Barred? No. The uh, the Hulk Hogan movie from the uh, late 80s, early 90s. (laughs) The whole movie is... uh, Hulk Hogan plays a professional wrestler, and he gets challenged by Zeus, tiny Zeus Lester. He's like the arch nemesis of the movie. Again, kind of like a Mad TV WCW thing. I might be going over people's heads here, kind of alienating the audience. But what's so great about that was because the movie had Hulk Hogan in it, and it had some cameos from uh, some announcers and commentators, some other wrestlers from the time, they actually had it cross over into current wwf like storylines hmm. like like zeus actually showed up on wwf television and was challenging oh, nice. Hulk hogan and they had a pay-per-view that aired on like on a pay-per-view with the movie and it was like no holds barred the movie the match and it was like now you can see it for real <laughs> and it's total <laughs> shit because <laughs> zeus is dog shit as a wrestler he can't do <laughs> anything He's tagged in because, of course, they make it a fucking tag match. It's him and Macho Man Randy Savage against uh, Hulk Hogan and his tag team partner, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And Zeus is tagged in for, like, maybe a couple minutes and Macho does all the heavy lifting. (laughs) He's like, oh, wait, I don't actually know how to do this. Never mind. (laughs) I forgot. Like, I don't think he takes a single bump. Like, he doesn't go down ever. Ah, boo. But hey, man, fucking when fucking kayfabe was king... And they had to fucking really sell that shit. Once you start incorporating, like, actual celebrities into it, isn't that kind of the point where you're like, all right, we kind of know this isn't real now. Like, you're, you know. That's why uh, Vince McMahon Sr. actually fired Hulk Hogan in the mid-80s 
because he appeared in Rocky Three. Wait, what? Vince McMahon Sr. fired Hogan because he thought it made the industry look fake. Oh, wow. And then he kind of handed the reins over to Vince McMahon Jr., who's in control of it now. And, like, as soon as he fucking got the control, he was like, all right, this guy's a big cash cow. I cannot afford to not have him. I gotta bring that fucker back. (laughs) He's like, oh, yes, that is truly the worst thing the Hulk could have done that got his ass kicked out of the WWE Hall of Fame. (laughs) And then then what happens? He goes on, does worse, and they still bring him back. What pieces of shit you are, WWE! He can do no wrong in your eyes. Except for starring in a Rocky movie, which, I mean, you know, I'd be mad at someone for starring in a Rocky movie, too, but, you know. It wasn't even the worst Rocky movie. He could have done way worse. He could have been in Rocky V. Now, now, if he was in Rocky V, I'd be like, all right, your career is over. (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking... No one needs to fire you. You're you're fucking done. <laughs> the writing's on the wall, Hulk. <laughs> they just stop calling. <laughs> he does that fucking Daffy Duck. He goes to his uh, his dressing room, and the name on the door and the star falls off. <laughs> Janitor closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> fucking Looney Tune. I was just thinking about my favorite Looney Tune uh, of all one? time. Is the Daffy Duck one where uh, the writer is messing with him? Oh, Duckamuck! Oh man, <laughs> I love that cl- one, dude. I think I think that's the best one of all time. I think everyone loves that one. Like, because I remember growing up and always wanting that one to come on. Like every time I watched like Looney Tunes, in the back of my mind, it was just like, please let this one be the one that comes on. <laughs> Bugs is my favorite character, but I think. Most of my favorite cartoons were Daffy cartoons. Dude, I used to fuck with Daffy heavy. I remember, like, I remember having the feel of like, wait, people really don't like Daffy as much as Bugs? This one might be me projecting, but I I don't know. I feel like Daffy, I feel like Daffy was funnier. I feel like, I know Bugs was the dude, but I feel like because Daffy was the butt of the joke so prominently. I think that's what made him more enjoyable to me. Like, the fact that it was a joke that he was the second banana was in and of itself hilarious and made me enjoy him even more. Bugs as a character is funny, but, like, Daffy was so fucking extra all the goddamn time. (laughs) Like, the the one that sticks out in my mind is the one where he's, like, trying to pitch, like, a movie or a story to, like, these writers... And they're not buying any of them. So finally, at the end, he ends up having to, like, actually shoot himself to sell the story. And they're like, that's brilliant! And, like, but he's dead, so he can't sell it. I love whenever he is, like, the foil to Bugs' shenanigans. Like, those are always my... I think Bugs' is my favorite rival of Bugs is Daffy for me. Especially the one with those endearing uh, young charms or whatever. Those endearing young charms. When when he gets angry and pushes him aside. No, no, no! (laughs) 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 Like the frustration of just like, oh my god, just do it! And and it's like, it doesn't even, like, he's so angry at the music not being complete, he just forgets (laughs) about the plan. Like, that's such a I don't know. That feels like a musician thing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's always the wrong note, and it just drives him crazy. <laughs> and it's just like, does does Bugs know? Is he doing it on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> or is this a shitty piano player? Yeah. Oh, man. 
Okay, we should get we should, we should get back to the program. <laughs> yeah, as, as we fucking uh, close the door on the fucking Daffy Duck fan club that that is us and maybe no one else. Mm, the going off podcast, repping team Daffy. The second album that we will be reviewing this week is Vanarchy by Feral the Earthworm, requested by Silv Oso. And since this is the second one we're doing, we should probably mention that if there is an album that you would like to request for us to talk about on the show, head on over to either one of our Patreons, patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse to request an album for us to talk about on the show. This was a surprising one because this was sitting in my Spotify um, downloads for a while because whenever I get a request on Patreon, I try to download the album immediately so it's like in my thing so I don't forget about it. And it's just been sitting there, collecting dust, and it's like, what a disservice I've done to myself by not listening to Vanarchy sooner. Because, dude, this shit's good. This right? shit's really good. <laughs> like, again, like, another oh, oh. 30 minutes, that's it, in and out, and he's talking some real shit. Like, it's everything you want in an artist, man. Like, yeah, it, it's just... All it was missing was a bow, like straight up and down. Like this was just a, a gift. It's just like, oh yeah, here's some some pleasant ass, you know, joints for thirty minutes. There you go. You got your fucking personality. You got charisma. You got originality. You got some fucking multis in there. You got some speed rapping in there thrown in randomly. Cool beats. Cool samples. Cool stories. Cool uh, stories. Cool self awareness, especially the 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 one track. You know which one I'm talking about. What the fuck do you know? Fucking shut up, write your raps or whatever. Yeah, uh, self-analysis. Yeah, it was literally called self-analysis. <laughs> I was like, wait, what was the name of the song? Was it that on the nose? <laughs> you know, I was even thinking that too, because during the song, um, which we might as well fucking get into it, fucking Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself. Okay, that the one song, the one song that I absolutely could not stand. You couldn't stand that one. No. What was, was wrong with that one? Uh, it was so like, hey, kids, how about you uh, put down your Pokemon Go apps and, and try to solve the crisis in Syria? It's like, fucking excuse some people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I thought the same shit, too. He definitely did fucking sound like a fucking curmudgeon. Yeah, like, all right, bro. Like, we... <laughs> <laughs> Let people have their fucking fun. This album is like a very small sort of like, you really feel like you're getting a piece of him, right? Because it's all about how he, you know, left his job, bought a van, and he just creates music and travels, and he's so dedicated to it. He's just like, he's happy with where he is. He's on his, you know, into the wild, Henry David Thoreau <laughs> type shit, like to the max, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And but the thing is, it doesn't feel pretentious. It feels like he has a good time. It feels like he's creating solid music. You know, mm. like, it doesn't feel like it's this weird experimental whatever thing. Like, it actually has solid grooves. Some of these joints sound like um, the, the chill-ass music you listen to, you know, those 24-hour playlists uh, uh, on, on YouTube, you know, with the raccoon and shit, you know, who's doing his yeah, homework and shit. Yeah, fucking lo-fi jams to study to or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the, the new Javez type of joints, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, mm -hmm. I was feeling so much of the beats and everything but yeah when it got to pokemon go fuck yourself it was just like just the title alone which is like 
like I, I immediately got the when Hillary Clinton said the we need to get him to Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> you see, because Go can also be used in addition to being the name of the app. <laughs> it's also a phrase like Jesus Christ. And especially when I had the guy screaming on the Pokemon Go fuck it. I was like, okay, fucking. I like it, it felt like a uh, it felt like, you know, this whole album was him out in nature and he was having a good time. And then he started seeing a lot of people walking around. He's like, hey, I thought no one was in nature. Oh, oh wait, is everyone coming back to nature too with me? Oh man, maybe I set off, you know, a social influence is getting people to leave their jobs and and you know come back into the nature and wait. Why are they all looking at their phones while they're out here? What is it? Oh, it's some stupid fucking app? God damn it. Oh, I'll show them. I'm going to make a song. Pokemon Go, eh? Well, this song's going to be... You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like... It, it, it just felt completely, like, strangely petty the way he was uh, approaching it. In a, in a way that I felt like was done so much better on uh, Insignificant, right? insignificant was the joint where he kind of does the thing of like you know where you know on the chorus he's like uh, uh the world is so beautiful and look at all the things that we're comprised of like you know like the 10 trillion atoms make up every single person and we're we're made up of mostly water and we're living on this you know blue rock that's made up of da, 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 like talking about all these the beautiful mysteries of life and it's just like and all we can worry about is you know who's winning on this game show and you know screaming at the person in front of us in our car oh my god yeah the fucking the oldest human bone is 200,000 and all we could worry about is uh, the sales on Black Friday. Like, yeah, dude, that the fucking chorus on that song got stuck in my head. <coughs> it's so goddamn catchy. But, you know, I, I, I originally listened to the album a little bit on YouTube and Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself because of the title. I was like, all right, I got to see what this is. So it was <laughs> one of the first songs I heard. And it didn't turn me off entirely. I will say that I didn't like that sample at all. It's jarring. It does seem really stupid, especially in the context when you're trying to be serious, to have a guy yelling that. And I don't know who that was, but I think he pops up on the album again in another song. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Is that just it. like some, is that like a YouTube ranter just being sampled know. in a fucking thing? But there are some lyrics that are actually like on his, uh, I think it was the SoundCloud. Like, oh, okay. He, he put up the lyrics to like the first six songs but then like halfway through the sixth one the lyric cuts the lyric cuts off after like halfway through the song and it was just like is he still writing this right now like what happened gave up. he said fuck <laughs> this it's too much no like i liked how he was using well i will say some of them worked a lot of them didn't where he was trying to incorporate the names of pokemon into the rhymes yeah, it was just I like, was like, that's yeah. that, that's clever. It doesn't always work, though. But then, like, like oh, there was that I one... It makes me want to blow up like a Voltorb when it... <laughs> okay. No, I get that. He does, he does, he, he does that. He self-destructs. <laughs> no, but, like, there, there is, again, like you were mentioning, the self-awareness. Later, he does say, like, I mean, I mean, if it fucking gets you to travel and meet new people, yeah, who am I see, to judge? That was my thing. It's like, okay, if you're going to say that at the end... Then why have this super overdramatic, oh, you kids are all playing, uh, you kids are all playing games? Well, look what's happening. And then, like, it cuts to, like, you know, 365 people dead, uh, in a, in a landslide and da-da-da. It's just like, 
okay, what the fuck was anyone supposed to do about that? Like, it was really overdramatic. For you know, why are you getting angry at uh, you know, fifteen year olds for not dropping everything at a moment's notice and helping the entire world? Like, I'm sorry if they did did a whole bunch of fucking homework and maybe they want to play some Pokemon (laughs) Go on the way home. Yeah, I, I I can't hate on them too much, but. I definitely do see the flaws in that one, and it but, was it was hard to like, but I didn't hate it. It's just, yeah, it's an awkward one. Yeah, literally other than that song, I absolutely loved this album. <laughs> right? Like, that song was so, like, strangely, that hit me so, like, jarringly that I, I, was, I was angry that it was there, because I was like, no, this was supposed to be perfect. <laughs> I was supposed to give you a good score, man. It was supposed to be a perfect score, and then you did this shit. Um, but no, I uh, imaginary numbers. First of all, Ooh. I love listening to this album, and when he really started getting into the lyrics and like what his life was, and you really started to understand. Oh, these aren't just different songs. These are all like a project of. Like, this is all an experience. You're going to get to know who this person is and what's going on in his life by the end of this album. And I love how it starts off as the joke, you know, where, where he samples the Chris Farley thing, and I live in a van down by the river, and it's just like, oh, ha, that's funny. He lives in a van down by the river. He's being ridiculous. And the next song is, no, seriously, I quit my job, and I'm not, like, I- I'm actually doing rap for full time, and I'm not, like, this isn't a joke. And I was like, oh, 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 like, I love how it's just like, he's able to make a joke out of it, but also take it seriously. And you never feel like it's, um, you never feel a tonal issue there. Imaginary Numbers is maybe the best song on the album. Mm. It's definitely one of my favorites. It's, it's, well, you know what? No, I think all all I have is it for like the beat. Like, that's just a fucking classic banger. Like, as I was listening to the song, I was like, I already feel like this is a song that has been my favorite for a really long time. You know what I mean? Like, it's that type of energy, you know? There's a lot on Imaginary Numbers I enjoy. Like, I remember at one point, he's, uh, uh, he samples, like, children cheering, and I thought that was really funny. Oh, yeah! It's, like, cheering his fucking failures, Uh. and, uh... I forget what I forget what he says, but he says like, um, "I'm not being judgmental." And then you hear in the voice in the background going, "I mean, it kind of sounds like you are." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, I love little touches like there that. There was a lot of personality in that song that like he doesn't really do too often on the rest of the album. But like you had said, it's an experience, right? All the mm-hmm. songs are going to be different tonally. They are going to say something different, except when he does beat you over the head with the fact that he quit his job and that he's rap, It's like, I got that. He does oh, repeat no, that a I bit much. I thought that was cool. I enjo- he says I it on a few that. different tracks, and I was like, okay, I know. Yeah. No, no, I feel you. But I, I, I loved how he, like, um, I think it was, which track was it where I, I kind of felt like it was starting to repeat, but then he switched up what was happening halfway through the verse, and it was just like, oh, Okay. Oh, no, 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 I got you. Oh, Insignificant. Yes. Again, one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um, the the first verse, you know, it feels like he's sort of saying the same thing of like, yeah, you left your job and that sort of stuff. And then the last verse is like, 
he just rails off the different people that he knows in his life that are like, this person is doing what they love instead of doing a cubicle job. You know, this woman oh, like volunteers yeah. with firefighters and old ladies. and I mean, like uh, helps sing at like a nursing home or something like that. Like she loves singing with people at nursing homes. And this person finds their purpose in life doing this. And it's just like, yeah, we're all different and we should all be doing what we love. And it was just like, that was such a beautiful moment, <laughs> you know? Fluorescent light. I'm sorry, just to bring up another one. Um, I love that one, especially the message of it about, you know, the beat was a little bit more uh, toned down and basic, but it was just like, I didn't even matter because the message was so strong about letting go of people that are bad for you and, and how, mm. you know, you need to allow yourself to, to, to grow and don't get, don't, uh, you know, get yourself down about the fact that you're not perfect yet. Like he literally has the lyric where he says, uh, and this is what brought it together, the last lyric, and it just like hit, man. When you water the seed that is your human, you foster the positive thoughts and prosper, which makes you the obvious option when you cross over one that's proper. You know, like mm. when you cross someone that is right for you. And it's just like, that's so like poignant. Like, don't worry about the fact that your right person isn't coming along yet. Work on you. And then when it happens, it will happen. I was just like, Oh, man, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I, th I think what I really enjoyed about him is that a lot of it seemed so effortless. Like, it seemed like he was just fucking, like, a lot of it just felt like it was just off the top, you know? I, I, I like that one track where I forgot exactly, I wish I would have wrote it down, but there's a track where he specifically says, all right, slow it down. And then speed raps. Yeah. And there's another song where, and I know we've kind of clowned on it a little bit, but there's a song where a lot of it, or at least one verse, kind of like has the V-A-N uh, prefix. I thought that was cool, and though. It, I didn't, I actually wasn't That was slick. That. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, a lot of the things we make fun of, it's because of the execution. But, dude, a lot of what he does on this EP, he does really fucking well. Yeah, I... I absolutely love, uh, again, going back to self-analysis, where, you know, uh, you just get finished with Insignificant, which, like I said, I felt like was a better version of Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself, right? So I'm like, yeah. oh, well, you know, he's doing the criticizing society. He's doing that in a lot better track here. Cool. And the next track, it starts off with the first lyric. So a self-important artist who lives in a van by the river wants to criticize society and tell us to get the picture? Wow, sounds convincing, bud. Guess I'll go buy a farm and uh, recycle water and go bury some gold by a barn <laughs> it was just like oh shit like it's not like someone interrupted his album just to be like oh, oh you think you're smart motherfucker <laughs> it's that fucking father john misty self-awareness exactly like he's having a good time enjoying himself he's just like yeah i feel good <laughs> you know i'm enjoying myself in my little corner of the world i'm a smart guy you know i'm thinking outside of the box and then someone just like kicked down you know the the door that he was behind <laughs> you know just like what do you think you're doing over here yo you think you're a smart guy eh? well let me tell you something about how society really works and he's just like oh oh shit oh okay i guess i should consider this information too but it's still kind of scary that you did this so you know so loudly <laughs> you know what i mean i didn't think anyone else was out here yeah exactly I thought I was alone. I didn't think anyone could actually hear me. I mean, you know, now, now that someone else is hearing my words, I guess I do have to be a little more uh, careful with what I was saying. <laughs> I'm unsure where on the rating scale this would land for me. Um, because there are some songs that, that don't hit as hard, and Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself is a mixed bag. Um, but... I did listen to it a few times, and I had that experience where the fucking song would kick on, and I'd get that little fucking, oh yeah, shit, it's this one, yeah. Like, I'd get excited for it again, because like, oh yeah, I remember this one, this one's fucking dope. Exactly, it's like, 
every time I, I wanted to go like, ah, oh, the Pokemon go fuck yourself, sorry, I didn't enjoy that, but like every song I absolutely enjoy other than that one. And like, it's to the point where like, okay, when I heard Vapors, Dude, mm. when he samples "Life's a Bitch" with the "Until the Day We Expire" and turn to vapors, and the way it sounds really like you hear the 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 roads sort of uh you know playing in the background, the really sweet sound there, and then you hear the mm. dusty drums, the blaring soulful sax, and then you hear that little sample just go into the ether until the day we expire and turn to vapors, vapors. I was just like, okay, this is a good album. All right, fuck it. I get it. <laughs> you know, like with how the verses worked, going into the into the chorus and hearing that sample, it was just like, "Ooh, you crafted this shit right." So look, look, I'm gonna have to give it to you, bro. F- five out of five. Even uh, even with the Pokemon, go yeah, fuck yourself, huh? Yeah, I, dude. There were a couple of songs on here, like you know how I give uh some songs zero, some songs sixes. You know what I mean? When it goes above and beyond, and I feel like there are enough songs that here that go above and beyond to sort of forgive that. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I'd probably say somewhere between a four and a four and a half. I, I can't give it the perfect score. I hate that. I slept on this album and Feral is definitely going to be someone I keep my fucking eye open for because th- this was really, this was dope. And I really got to thank uh silver. Si- what, what was it even? Hold on. The fuck I just had it. I gotta thank Silv Oso for the for the request because again, it's one of these guys I probably never would have heard of if it wasn't for the request. Yeah. And it's it's the uh, it's the unpredictability of the game, you know. <laughs> That's what we were doing. Uh, what was it? Sonic album. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You never know what the fuck it's gonna be. It could be Wheeler Walker Jr. or Feral the Earthworm. It's like you know, you know. I will say. That the one thing, and I know people don't like when we compare things, but these two albums, uh, besides being like almost exactly 30 minutes each, they were both really consistent. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, like, the, I- like the energy and the quality was pretty consistent the whole way through, and I really enjoyed that. And, and I think, you know, that's that's all you can really ask for. It's like, I feel like with both of these albums, no, they're not, you know, absolute masterpieces, but I think they're great entries into the genres that they are, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I definitely recommend both of these. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for checking us out. If this happens to be your first week listening to us, all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. You can hit us up on Twitter, follow us on Patreon, like we'd mentioned earlier. You can subscribe to both of our YouTube channels and see what we post normally besides the podcast. And until next week, further going off podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. Yo, Howard Schultz. Pack it up, pack it in, and do not begin. (laughs) (laughs) Drop your ass out the race. Ain't nobody want that fucking Starbucks CEO fucking bullshit. I think we've had enough billionaire fucking uh, presidents for now.